Michelle O'Keefe and welcome to this week's edition of Scoreline Extra, the podcast that condenses down some of the interviews we conducted on Scoreline from 2 to 6 on KCLR at the weekend. On today's episode, we'll hear Leinster's final post-match reaction to Shamrock's victory over Kilmacud Croaks. We'll be hearing from Kieran Dowling and Pat Hoban. Former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally elaborated on why he decided to leave the club. We'll also hear from Kilkenny LGFA's PRO Elena Byrne and chairperson John Leamy as they speak about the county return to the National Football League in 2023. Kilkenny skateboarder Oshin Long chats about the South East Skate School while Bridge United's Connor English spoke about his club's run in the FAI Junior Cup and Joe Sheehan talks all things Greyhounds. We're going to start though with the Leinster final. Here's Pat Hoban. Pat, Pat, I know you quite a while but I don't know you well enough to sum up that game because it was a game of two halves but anyway, you're Leinster champions and Ballyhill have done it four in a row. Yeah, that's what I was just saying to some of the guys there. You know, I think we got to give Ballyhill huge credit. They've won four Leinster titles in a row, never achieved before by any club. Uh, we had to do it the hard way. Yes, we were in a comfortable position. We should have probably closed it out. But I think that still we showed huge character to actually drag it over the line when, when it mattered most. I was saying to Michael in commentary, the two-score game was vital at the time. Dean was after bringing up a fantastic save. But to be fair, they came at you in waves. But we mustn't forget the great work you had done in the first half also. Yeah, we, you know, we were so conscious last week of, of starting poorly that today we really came out of the blocks and I think we imposed Ballyhale everything good about it hurling scores physicality I think you know and we bossed that first half big time um, you know our ambition at half time was to continue that we knew there was a strong wind we knew they'd come but we started the second half well two points on the board and you're saying right we're in a good spot but I think we conceded a sloppy enough goal and they got a bit of momentum we struggled to win a puck out we struggled to get on the ball and there, we knew going into the game the pace that they carried and that caused us a huge threat. Yeah, the score two twelve in the second half as well, does that cause you a bit of concern? Absolutely, yeah. No, no. Like as I said, fair play to, to Croaks, you know, to come into I don't know if it's their first Leinster final, yeah. but they haven't been in too many and to come up, you know, to be twelve down against Ballyhill Shamrocks, a lot of teams would have dropped the head, but they didn't. So uh Huge credit to them. In relation to your own team, Pat, I know you're Leicester champions, as we said. Um, good game all around, I suppose. You're happy you've won the match, but probably a little bit of work to do now coming into a semi-final. There's always work to do. There's always work to do. And look, the reality is, if you know, if we had to continue on and win that game by 12 or 15 points, the expectation would be right up. I think today would not be good enough against Ballygunner. We know that. The players know that. So we have a lot of work to get right. Two great tests. Nace was a big test for you last week. Kilmacud in the second half. There's an absolutely massive test. So that'll serve the team good going forward yeah look and it's it's a testament to Leinster club hurling too and the, and the great work that's going on uh, you don't win anything easy you know today was an unbelievable test last week again as I said very physical tough game so we're delighted to come through it we came up with one job that's to win and we've won and now we can move on to a semi-final uh, change just before the start I know you probably know more about it than we as manager but Ronan will he be back for Ballygunner what way is he yeah I know we'd expect Ronan to be back there he just picked up a bit of a knock last week so he wasn't really fully ready to go today so uh, with two weeks to go we'd fully expect him to be back okay. Michael made a point upstairs as well uh, three of the four teams that were in last year's semi-final so the teams that make winning become a habit are now back in the semi-final slot Neil losing out to Dunlai today which obviously was a bit of a cracker we thought they had won it but they hadn't but the moral of the story he won so form form is permanent I suppose if you can keep it going yeah like it's, it's momentum is everything uh, would you like to be winning a bit easier than we did today you would but like I, I'd still like to come through a game 
which were tested, really tested. As I said earlier, a lot of teams would wilt, but the Shamrocks dug it out uh, and, and kept their noses in front. Kenny Hurling people might say this evening, did you lose your shape a little bit in the second half, or was it just that they said they had to throw everything at you when they came at you in waves? And you know, Did you yeah. lose your shape a little bit? We definitely did, I suppose, were coming at us. And, you know, it's so hard here in Crow Park to... Uh, to, to influence what's happening on the field from the line because they can't hear you the, the officials are all over you so you know you're trying to make switches you're trying to make changes you're trying to get that shape back but but really, reality is it, it's got to happen on the pitch that's the reality of Crow Park and before I do let you go we always talk about scores and about the forwards and how defenders blend up but the word on Dean Mason a crack and save at a vital game and a vital part of the game and last week the same so he's a goalkeeper that's standing up to be counted with some fantastic saves again today yeah, look, uh, goalies are there to do that, uh, to be fair to Dean, and he is a top-class keeper. He's involved with the Kilkenny senior panel, and hopefully he can drive on in that regard. But look, he's there to do a job. He is a great shot-stopper, and uh, thank God he, he's standing up for us. OK, well, you won it, Pat, and that's the main thing, and we look forward to seeing you in a fortnight's time in the semi-final, yeah. whether it be here or Turles, we don't know, but uh, it's going to be a busy weekend between Camogie, World Cups and semi-finals. Your big concern is the AIB Club All-Ireland semi-final versus Ballygunner. Absolutely, yeah. The World Cup is not... not <laughs> any concern to us yeah absolutely okay. cheers thanks so many for that Pat Thank well you. done Kieran, that was some battle at half time your backs were to the wall but in fairness to your lads you come out and you give yeah. it one hell of a go in the second half yeah we, we don't lie down um, it's something that we've been working on over the last number of years with all the young fellas is that you go to the 65th 70th minute we showed it last year against Lafina you know, even last year when we lost to Clock Balakala, we just went hard until the 63rd minute. So, you know, carry your shield or come home on it. And we're going home on our shield today, but that's life. You live and learn and move on. You died with your boots on? Did. Big time. Proud yeah. of them. Very proud of them. I was only said to Michael in commentary, I said at the past, for Shamrocks to keep it at a two-score game was vital. Dean brought off a fantastic oh. save and you got, it, you got a great chance in the end also. So you did get the chances. You no, just didn't did. have the look and the, just, the clock came against you. And, and that's just life. We left ourselves too much to do. We're talking about what has been the, the greatest club team of all time. Um, you know, so for us to go toe-to-toe, it is something we have dreamt of and something that was in our vision over the last 20 years that we would keep building through winning as much as we could at underage to build a team that was capable and you know getting Colosh done with five or six of that team to beat Kieran's was was another stepping stone in it like this year we lost the under 19 final one under 17 one under 16 one under 15 so we just have to keep working at, at building our team and getting there because there is no real history like 60 years ago there was no club yeah so you know, it, it takes time to build it, and, and we will. We'll keep building, keep working. Well, you certainly have plenty to build on after what we witnessed today. Yeah, no, no, it's it's great. We just have to keep going and, and keep getting better, and come back next year. Three in a row in Dublin will not be easy, but we'll try and do it. Yeah, it was a good advertisement for Leinster hurling too, because Nace here last week to their credit, and yeah. I know St Mullins were probably a bit flat, but in fairness, Small you were bit. by far the better team. Yeah, but like Nace, Nace would have beaten a lot of our lads at underage when they would have played the under fourteen when they're. We, John Dillon's team got to fail a final uh, and that age group was the same as when Nace got to f- their fail a final and frankly they could have beaten us that year if they'd been in the same division so you know they're very very good and that's what you want to see And tell me Kieran, just to get inside the, the dressing room of Kilmacud now that the game is over what exactly did you say to the lads at half time? I know it's a cliche that people say no, commentators say it, what it, they it say It's very calm we're, we're not shouters yeah. um, we just asked them to go back to the basics of what we do and do it well 
and don't stop moving. Move your feet, get the ball, drive on, swamp them with tackles, um, turn them over, and when you get the chance, take it. Just go hard, leave no, no regrets. And in fairness, they worked very, very hard to do it. It was brilliant. T- clock just caught you at the end. That's life. Okay, well, listen, commiserations on the defeat, but well done and a great effort. And I'm sure we'll see this Kilmacud team back on the bounce again. And enjoy the Christmas and well done and a great effort during the year. Thanks a million. Good man. Thank you, thank you very much. Joined now in studio by former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally. That's after he made the decision to step down this week after a brilliant 2022 that culminated, unfortunately, in a Leinster semi-final defeat last weekend against Commercials. But of course, a first county championship since 2009 and three trophies. Alongside that, an incredible year. Eddie, you did make the decision to step down. Could you kind of explain to our listeners why you ultimately um, came to that? conclusion um, yeah no look Robbie thanks very much the introduction is, is very kind it's, it's probably a bit soft on me as well but uh, no you know it's just with the club four years now and, and I and I do absolutely love the club and I love that group of players that I've been working with for the last four years and I just kind of felt this year it was it was a brilliant year um, Saturday's defeat was very very disappointing and I you know I'd be a pains to point this out to people that it had no bearing and the reason I'm making that decision I just I just think it's the right time for the players um, more so than myself I think it's the right time for the players to get a new voice they have a big challenge coming up at Intermediate next year and I just think a bit of freshness around the place is what might get them that extra 10% you know I'm, I'm with the lads four years so like there's only so many times you can go back to the well there's only so many times you can scream at lads and flip tables and eventually it becomes I think repetitive and nearly rehearsed and I'd hate for that staleness to stick in like I mean last year I looked at uh, stepping aside and a couple of the senior players had a word with me and just said you know give it another shot and in fairness to the club themselves I met with the, the chairman of the club Sean Keeley secretary Eddie Doyle the lads met with me and they were they were very much a pain to point out that the committee was 100% behind me in the club and I knew that anyway you know that everybody in the club was 100% with me but I just think it's the right time for the club uh, and it's the right time for me as well I mean you know I've, I've had great challenges with blacks and whites and I, I honestly believe We've achieved everything I hoped that we could achieve in that four years. I would have liked to have done it a bit faster, and um, <laughs> being honest. But, you know, I don't think too many people gave us much of a chance of winning the Junior Championship this year. In our own camp, we knew, we, we felt we were going to win the Junior Championship. You knew that because you were spoke to me off here many times that <laughs> yes. I told you that I, 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 was, I was convinced we would. Uh, and we did. And ultimately, we came up a little bit short in the Leinster semi-final. Though it's disappointing, is it is it gutting? Not really, you know. you know. I, I think the lads owe me nothing, they owe the club nothing. They've given it everything this year and they've had a brilliant year. Was there no desire to take them into intermediate? You mentioned there maybe that it might be lacking a bit of freshness, but does the jump to that grade not almost add an extra sort of bit that you wanted to take them on, or was that just kind of gone? No, it's it, it would be like I mean, you know, every challenge is, is is something that you know any coach you want to be challenging yourself all the time. Uh, for me to see blacks and whites playing an intermediate was, you know, a dream that I wanted to see it become a reality. Um, the urge it would be the only reason that I would have stuck around but that's you know that's self-serving in a, in a degree you know you know what am I asking myself do I want to achieve am I going to spend a year trying to stop a team being relegated or am I really believing that we can win an intermediate championship and they're all self-serving things I just feel for the team themselves there's a big step up going to be required and um, there's a lot of work going to have to be put in there and I just think you'd be surprised what a bit of freshness will do around the camp and I and I, and I just hope that that'll help them find that extra 10% but for me 
you know, I, I've done I've done my bit with the lads and I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to miss it terribly. I'm, like, I miss it already. I said it to the lads in the dressing room last Saturday. You know, I love being around that group of people so much I was half tempted to put it into the group that we were training on Tuesday and Friday this week, you know. So, you know, I will miss it, but I'm sure there'll be other challenges come up for me. I hope there will be, um, and, and, and I'll kick on from there. But I'll be always looking over my shoulder to see how blacks and whites are getting on because they're a massive part of my life. Yeah, we'll speak about what to come, uh, what what is to come in just a moment. But before then, four years, two Leinster League titles, one Paddy Cal Cup, a Junior D League title contested, two Junior D, D County titles, and of course winning the Junior Championship this year. It's an incredible achievement, really, with such a small club. Is the highlight winning the Junior? Obviously, but I mean, so many memories along the way. I would have thought it is. Yeah, like the the highlight. It is definitely winning the 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 Junior. Like I've kind of got strange highlights that I've had during the year. My, the first time I met the lads was a highlight for me. Um, I remember going into Tom Walsh Park into a room with thirty fellas standing in front of me, and I had to apologise to them to say that their club had appointed a football manager to, <laughs> to, to take their hurling team and I actually said it to them if any of you need to improve on your hurling your, your goose because, because I'm not going to be able to help you with that and, and they all burst out laughing but I think it set the tone for it's a good start it is well it was an honest start yeah, I told yeah. them I wasn't lying I'm still not lying um, and, and we were always honest with each other in my first year we won a, a Leinster League title um, down in Wexford Park and we played before Kilkenny and Wexford like the last 15 minutes of our game there was about whatever Wexford Park holds that's what was in the stadium for the last 15 minutes of our game we played Glenmore obviously Glenmore were short they're county players but it was a proper buzz like we won we won the game by maybe 14 or 15 points but like we were picking off scores my lads were just buzzing off the crowd and of course Glenmore weren't having a wonderful day so they'd kind of given up the ghost with about 10 minutes to go so our lads got to put on an exhibition then for 10 minutes and it was it was just it was a surreal thing it was our first trophy in a long time Paul and Joe went up I think it was Paul and Martin actually Martin Kelly Joe's brother the two boys went up were joined captains and went up and picked up the trophy but we have a picture at home in my house and there's genuinely 12,000 people behind us <laughs> and, you know in, in, in 30 years time or 40 years time my grandkids hopefully would say to me what's that grand and I'm going to say that's the time we won the World Cup you know it was, yeah, yeah. but it was for, for what is a small pre-season competition I got some kick out of that and then you know this year the day we won the Paddy Cal there was I think there was about 150 foreign students after him brought in from the Kilkenny GA brought in all these foreign students we were playing Wine Gap Blacks and Whites is a much easier word to pronounce than Wine Gap <laughs> I discovered for uh, foreign students so they were kind of cheering Blacks and Whites and it was like that was a real buzz as well you know but nothing nothing beats the, the full time whistle in a, in a county final um, that's my first time to experience it in 20 odd years you know to, to hear a final whistle and know that you've just won what you spent the whole year trying to do um, nothing will beat that and, and, and I tell you nothing beats it more than doing with a group of lads like these guys that I've been with for so long I mean like I'm, I'm only in my early 40s that's 10% of my life I've spent with them lads so it's a long time and it was just look, that'll never be beaten for me that was one of the greatest moments I've ever had in sport in life in general it was just brilliant yeah, it was brilliant, I must say, on the day. Um, just a brilliant run even to the final. I was there for the semi-final against Piltown and obviously the final against Winegap, it was a brilliant result. But now obviously that that chapter maybe is closed in your life. What does the future hold for Eddie Scally? I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more of you on the radio, fingers crossed anyway. But beyond that, management return very soon or how do you see it? Yeah, like to me, you know, hopefully you'll get to hear a bit more of me on the radio because I, I really love doing this. Um part of the thing and obviously working with Goran Park as well and Goran have been just like our chairman out there Joe Connolly is so 
you know, he's so encouraging for me. He's always pushing me to, you know, drive on, even in sport and whether it's on the radio, he wants me to, to, to perform and push on for myself, which is great to have people like him and Tom and the lads out there pushing me on. But, you know, is it the end of the journey for me? I'm Like, as I said to you, I'm only in my early 40s. I, I don't see that being the case. I, I, I want to be in a dressing room again as soon as possible. I haven't been out of a dressing room for... 20 years I mean since I stopped playing myself I was lucky enough I've managed Tom Rack United Bunt Lodi the Duffy Rovers but involved with the Wexford Camogie team obviously the Blacks and Whites and it's 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 year after year after year like the, the person who will ultimately make the decision obviously the other clubs if they're interested in, in me going there it'd be, it'd be the first people and the second person is, is my wife Breed I mean uh, Breed pushes me on she's the one that has to listen to me when I go home in the evenings when we lose I'm not very good at losing um, I, I hope I never am <laughs> I never become good at it but you know Breed has to put up with an awful lot of crap from me and a lot of moaning and, 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 and whinging and, and she's super and even like only this morning we were chatting before I went to work and, and she said to me like are you missing it and I started laughing I was like we were beating in a Leinster semi-final you know less than seven days ago give me a chance to miss it you know but <laughs> she knows herself that I'll, I'll want to get back out there and Breed will push me as well like she'll know that I want to do that and she'll push me on but I think it can be forgotten when you look at lads managing teams and the whole lot the commitment and the effort that's put in but I think sometimes what happens at home in the house can be forgotten as well and you, you know your family I'm, I'm in a very lucky position in the sense that my daughter's away in college now the two boys are well established in secondary school and I have a wife that's you know she's no different than me being in a dressing and she's always pushing it on so you know hopefully Breed will keep pushing me on and we'll keep kicking on together With that in mind obviously you have family commitments um, ideally do you stay in Kilkenny I'm sure you'll have offers from Farfield after your achievements this year but would you like to stay within the the county? Um, it wouldn't be essential like you would you would like to stay somewhere near your house I mean you know like where I'm living you'd want to try and have something that's in that area as, as, as such you know what I mean that it's not a, yeah. a massive commute I, I've seen lads like when I see the lads driving up to Kula to, to work with teams up there or lads driving up to Dublin to do it or even driving down south to Waterford like it's an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 minutes in a car both ways and you're doing that three or four nights a week I physically wouldn't have the time for that so you're kind of restricted in that sense but it's the challenge that'll push me on more you know I think if if the challenge is big enough you'll you'll find a way of doing it um, if you get me but I, yeah. I think for myself personally and where I am in my life at the moment I definitely would like something you know, to be a bit closer to me and, and, and whatever that is, so be it. But I mean, I'm not going to rule in or rule out anything at the moment. I just, you know, we'll see what comes along. And if something comes along, if I'm lucky enough to get something to come along, because that's not a given either. But who knows, Robbie? And if it does, we'll, we'll see if the challenge is right. I'm sure something will come along. And finally, Eddie, before I let you go, that challenge, obviously, that you mentioned, does it have to be something that really kind of engrosses you, engages you immediately? Um, do you know? Do you take your time with that? Do you do you kind of look over different options, or do you just take the first challenge that comes that you feel as though it's the right fit? No, look, I think the biggest thing for me, and it was the feeling I had last Wednesday morning when I woke up, um, and I decided that you know it was time to move on and and look for something different. I think if the right challenge comes along, you'll know that it's the right challenge straight away, and you'll go at it. If you're forcing yourself to do something, it won't work. You won't be successful, and you can be assured, no matter what I take on, I'll be taking it on with both hands and and driving it as hard as I can as well. Well, Eddie, we wish you nothing but the best luck in the future, and congrats on an incredible spell with the Blacks and Whites. Thanks a million, Robbie. You're very good. Leamy and Elena Byrne. Folks, John, Elena, how are you doing? 
Good, Shane. How are you? I say you absolutely you. buzzing with the news. When we found out, it was a bit of a shock, but we know that the work has gone in at Kilkenny LGFA for the past few years and even before that as well. So, John, you must be incredibly proud. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a it's been a tough journey sometimes, but we're very proud of where they are now, and we're all trying to get behind them. We've got a management team in place. We have the girls ready to go, and we think it's it's the right time to try and and come back in. You know, we haven't had a team for a number of years, so we're all getting together we're very excited about it and very proud of these girls and looking forward to seeing them tagged out on the first day and Elena we said little at the start Little's uh, football league and the work that they've been put in when we speak to everyone in Carlo LGFA seeing Rachel Sawyer on the little kind of uh, banners and stuff around the store there's been a huge push from a sponsorship point of view as well to get the message out there as a PRO that must look quite exciting yeah, Little have been brilliant since they've came, come on funding the LGFA in general nationally. And it was actually great last year, even though we didn't have an adult team competing with that Little Summer campaign, we were contacted and asked, do you have someone you would like to uh, be promoted um, in your county as well, on the, like on the banners? And our minor captain at the time, her name escapes me now from um, Muckley, actually, um, she was um, put there. You might have seen her on the billboard on the way into town yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and it was just brilliant and that created a buzz as well around the place people were messaging on did you see this did you see this a football girl on the banner in one of the main places in Kilkenny and I don't think that would have ever been seen before so um, that was just phenomenal for us and John she mentioned Muckalee there Muckalee's journey into the Leinster final has been huge of course we've been following Mullinavat's journey on the men's side of things and then of course Kilkenny winning an All-Ireland final as well football really seems to be riding the crest of a wave in the county yeah very much so and and we're all behind Muckalee I mean they're a phenomenal club they have they've they have two adult teams out this year but it didn't just come this year you know they've put in the work over the last number of years they have some terrific players and you know and Kelly they have a great captain there as well and there's generally a good alignment and I would say it's, it's not just in Muckalee you know there's all over Leinster all over Ireland you're seeing like like the little campaign you're seeing amazing growth in ladies and girls football and and we're seeing that on the ground as well player numbers are up and Muckalee are certainly to the fore and we're very proud of them. Elena, we heard 2020 was supposed to be the year of women in sport. If you can't see her, you can't be her. Of course, 2020 was curtailed with the blip, as some might like to say. But having said a little, making Ladies Gaelic Football a part of the forefront of their marketing campaign and then seeing at grassroots levels Muckalee going so far it must somewhat help make your job a bit easier and getting that game out there and getting it promoted to younger girls uh, in, in general yeah absolutely it does and um, yeah going back to what you mentioned just about the 2020 campaign I think we actually in Kilkenny here used the year 2020 to build on ladies football in Kilkenny and I would have been on here before chatting about our three year plan and the, the ladies adult football team was always part of that plan and we and it's, we're coming to year two three of it now and it's coming to fruition but yeah the Buckley getting through the different stages and the excitement building with every match and then that semi-final that was just going to extra un- time and- unbelievable um, um, I mean, people had them dead and buried with 15 minutes to go. So the way they even won it made it even more a way to celebrate, you know, and uh, the game has just been pushed there the whole time. And even there recently, last weekend, there was a club semi-final there in, held in Callan in the John Locks grounds. And we were contacted again, could we have someone from the adult ladies football team to co-commentate on the live stream, which like, you know, we'd never been contacted with that before, only now for, I'd say, Muckley's success. So we had Muckley, Kelly Comerford, one of the co-captains um, out there um, commenting on the day and she had a fantastic time. 
and she did a really great job and again that's more promotion for us uh, adult Kilkenny ladies football lady commenting on um, such a, a national live stream Yes, huge news. Uh, John, back to yourself. In, in terms of having the team competing in the Football League, obviously it's a, it's a huge testament to the work that's gone in. But at the crux of GEA is the community. And in the community, what we play a big part are the youths and uh, the underage people that like to participate in GEA. You've been doing tremendous work at, say, under-14s, under-16s, at all different levels as well. So can you give us a bit of an insight into work that goes on to be able to help sculpt the stars of the future? Yeah, and, and it's interesting you mentioned about participation and that's probably how I ended up getting involved in the administration side of, of, of uh, Girls and Ladies Gaelic was through coming on board on the participation side. Um, it starts very young. It starts with the under eights and tens and that's a group that just come in with big smiles on their face and, you know, primarily you want to promote fun there. And then the work at the at the under, we've facilitated that this year with blitzes at under tens and twelves. We're seeing huge numbers. And then our under twelves, fourteens and sixteen championships were of a very high standard, very, very high standard. And again, good numbers at twelves and fourteens. And even the schools primary schools this year like was a phenomenal success I mean the feedback from the schools was just brilliant and again it's all about the smiles if you want a success factor it's the smiles on the girls that that's where it's at so we also had things like you know player development programs at county levels at under 13 last year and next year we're going to do that at 13s and 15s again it's another great avenue for girls to just move a step beyond the club uh, welcomed by all good feedback in there and these are just small little things that help to feed into the overall uh, progression that we're seeing. Uh, Elaine, I'm glad that John mentioned the schools as well because so many various different people that we've talked to from different disciplines, uh, Bernard O'Mara, who's the Midlands Development Officer for Cricket within Ireland, um, he was talking about how crucial it is to get that sport, to help develop it, to get it into schools, get young people picking up a cricket bat and hitting the ball and that kind of thing. How have you found uh, the receptiveness, say, to, to football at a school level? Well, I actually, I am a primary school teacher myself and I teach out in Kilmana and St. Aidan's. And so I coach. all PE. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I, it's it's an area like uh, that doesn't have a ladies football club. But since I worked there 13 years ago, I coach the, the girls football there. And actually this year uh, we won the B, the B final, which was a huge success for us because, as I said, we don't have a local club in the area. But what's happened as a result of that is I think 10 of those girls are now uh, playing with Callan. Um, Ladies Football Club which is just brilliant and that's what the schools can do and yeah. there was another school that did very well like Ballyhale did very well again another area I sure when don't they I know <laughs> another area that doesn't have a Ladies Football Club they're very close to my club Dunamagan so I'll be in to see them in January <laughs> recruiting a few players there but there were schools like that that did really well in in, uh, in the schools finals this year up against even places that would be traditionally more known for other ladies football or football in general and that was huge and it just gets the promotion of the sport out there at the absolute level that it needs to be and getting the girls involved I'm glad you mentioned Callan because I can see that they were nominated for the One Good Club initiative as well which Mm -hmm. is a huge thing in terms of once again backed by Lidl what does that really mean John? 
Um, it, it means that they have, uh, and I, we should mention first of all, Rail Yard as well. They, they mm. picked up a, a very good. Yeah, they were this year. Yeah, and and uh, it shows that they have a focus on um, participation. They're all aligned within the club, and we have to say that you know it's not just the benefit internally. You're seeing the benefit spread out. Like I mentioned earlier on about Rail Yard having you know 150 girls finishing up at their end of year party. You know on there, that's what you get when you when you align everyone in the club towards something like a one club initiative. It, there's a terrific yeah. community benefit. That one club initiative is run by Jigsaw and uh, you apply to take part in it and uh, only one club will be selected from a county per year to take part and then you are um, you're given the resources to roll it out and as John said it's very much community based and there's five different f- um, phases that you have to um, go through like taking notice it's like even this year Rayliard had Zumba classes <laughs> uh, in, for the whole community in their club they had study sessions before trainings or after trainings for their leaving insert students things like that you know um, we we seen the initiatives that you were bringing in as well. I think it was about a year ago, Lena, when me and you spoke, and you were uh, talking about uh, getting mothers back in to to playing and, and and having a kind of a nice, fun, safe environment for them to come back out and feel. How has that initiative been going? That's just absolutely going brilliant, and nationwide it's going fantastic. But particularly here in Kilkenny, it's grown phenomenally. Um, I'd say since seven years ago, there was probably maybe three mothers and others. It's called the Mothers and Others Gaelic for Mothers and Others initiative. Maybe three here teams here in Kilkenny. COVID, we only had two participating teams and since COVID now there's seven participating teams with mothers and others in Kilkenny at the moment and some of these teams are not actually even with a a, a ladies football club, they've just set up as their own a little initiative and what we are seeing happening from that now is an interest in maybe growing um, a club then in those areas and the, yeah the mothers getting involved with it is key and I know in my own club I go back to Dunamagan again but we have seven of our mothers and others coach with the different age groups now as well or help out and it's all based because of their um, getting involved with that programme and getting the fear away of not knowing what the sport is about they, they you know it just gave them the, the skills to say yeah I do actually know what this is about I do want to help out and they are just brilliant role models for their children and like I mean we talk about female sports models and I think a female sports model your mother is the closest in your own home and these women going out taking up the ball again and it's just fun there's no no um, competitiveness well <laughs> there's no scores <laughs> written down <laughs> officially but uh, like I mean the, the most recent um, blitz we held here in Kilkenny for the mothers and others was attended by five of the clubs and it was held in Thomastown and it was called the Great Pink Blitz and we ran at the weekend that the Great Pink Run was here in Kilkenny and we raised um, over 1200 euro for the and we all wore pink on the day that's the main reason we ran it really yeah. just to wear the pink. I'm wearing pink now yeah. so. I mean if you score over the wrong the wrong goal it doesn't matter it's just it's just it's just for fun and participation and keeping fit having a social time out and again very importantly spreading the ladies Gaelic football ethos um, throughout the county um, you mentioned uh, taking a big step and, and, and always trying to improve and stuff and what a lot of people say uh, in, especially in regards to the GEA Camogie Association and the LGFA is the amalgamation that has been long touted between all the three different associations but it's taken another massive step we see that Mary McAleese is an independent chairperson of the integration process between the, the three groups as well and having someone of her standing, standing been able to be involved in that must be incredibly uh, heartwarming for you to see John yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was a terrific appointment. Uh, you know, firstly, she has pedigree, but but secondly, she's a terrific person. You know, she's a very people focused person, 
And that's the kind of person you want. That's the kind of leadership there. And, you know, I would hope that it's not just at the top level. Obviously, there's going to have to be integration at ground level as well in clubs, in counties. And that will happen here in Kilkenny as well. And uh, once the focus is right and the focus is on, on, on people, I think that hopefully we will get a good outcome. But it, it probably will turn up a lot of challenges but also opportunities. And ultimately, you know, the GA at its core is community. And we saw it really at its best during COVID. And, you know, the more we can kind of facilitate other people coming in and, and making sure that every club and county is aligned, uh, focus on the girls, focus on the boys, focus on, on adults, uh, on the players, then I think that will, will ultimately be very good for the community. Yeah, um, we know that the likes of Dixborough have championed the, the, the one club rule as well and uh, the, the whole amalgamation process. There has been pros and cons that we've heard from different people on various sides of the argument as well. But in, in general, the sentiment seems that can only be a good thing for, for all the GEA, Camogie Association and the LGFA as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And you'd hope that it would reduce the amount of administration effort on the clubs and the counties as well but primarily about bringing you know equality in there as well and making sure that the players and sport is is available to all um, and i just see it as a great opportunity and hopefully uh, you know we we will have a good outcome uh, elena We've mentioned that the management teams now are all in, in place. Uh, what about the players themselves? We've seen that you've uh, posted up various different things about trials happening, particularly mm-hmm. at underage level as well. So what's the res- response been like with, among the county? Okay, so so far our under-16s under Keith Goff from John Locks, he's the manager there, they start, they've only had two trials so far. So um, they're going well enough at the minute. Um, our under-14s under, actually myself, I'm managing that with Emer Tynan from Kilkenny City. We're starting our trials next Sunday and um, we took a very direct approach with contacting the clubs and so far we have 90 girls lined up to come in and we probably could have had more but you have to, you can't have <laughs> too many more than that so uh, a phenomenal response from that age group for the under 14s and actually last year for that, that, under, that under 14 group um, for development of the sport as well in the county had two teams they had a the team that were competing in the league and also a backup team as well because um, there was just so much interest and they were given um, um, matches during the year just challenge games against other counties and they were made feel really part of the county process. Um, our minors our minors will be getting going with their trials very soon. They're under the new management of Alan Condon of um, Kilkenny City and then our adults are not going through a trial. They have they are starting their training now under John Gorey, Owen Hennessy and there's a specialist coach coming in also called Tom Cousin getting involved there too. So in your group you have Derry, Leitrim, Limerick and Wicklow as well. On the other side of things we have Carlow so we can continue to support both of you until yeah. inevitably either meet in a semi-final or final. Well actually we're going to be playing Carlow in a friendly Yeah I we think, are. Uh, <laughs> very, friendly match, yeah. A very friendly match. A very friendly match. You know we, we, we've had a great rapport with Carlow down through the years and our, our manager John Gorey knows them well and, and of course I know them well as well and um, yeah we certainly wish them all the best of luck and you know it makes sense that the two of us get together and have a couple of challenge games to particularly for us when we're really trying to get going you, you have a lot more challenges when you're trying to get a panel and team going mm-hmm. than an established one and 
they, hopefully they'll be a good advocate well hopefully you'll have a tremendous season no doubt we'll be following along Elena and John thanks ever so much for coming in and having a chat with us as well anything we can do throughout the year to help promote the game or promote the, any of the games that you actually do have going on just let us know but it's always a pleasure Great. thanks very much and you might, you might stick around for the Christmas songs as well that we have, we're playing now <laughs> so we're here in December Great. and just to wish Ballyhale the very best of luck tomorrow as well. yeah, we, we were on air <laughs> we were on air before and a newsreader uh, when the Ballyhale were playing Ballygunner accidentally said because it was coming up next to finish the new reads and went come on Bally Gunner and then we hit the news thing and uh, she's like uh oh <laughs> I've made a mistake but it's easily happened we're going to take a quick break with Christmas tunes on your way and we love the news that Evergreen and Bridge United have qualified for the last 32 of the FAI Cup. Joining me now on the line, former Wexford FC player and current Bridge United player, Mr. Connor English. Connor, how are you doing, sir? Good, Shane. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I was pure delighted to be able to see the news that you got the win over Mon Reed there last week, a 3-2 victory. Tough fought game. Yeah, very tough. Um, very good side. Um, a lot of quality in their side. Um, we... We went one down, um, so considering it took us a couple of minutes to get up and running, um, we got back into it then. Um, we were 2-1 up by half time, and then we went 3-1 up just shortly after the second half, and they pulled one back, and we hung on then. We, we dug in for the last, you could say, 20 minutes, and yeah, we were delighted, to be honest. We um, reacted quite well, considering the way the game started. Yeah, it's a it's a really good victory considering like we know that Evergreen went down to Cork, they came away with a nine nil victory. Jackie McQuillan and Mikey Drennan both getting on both getting hat tricks in that. Wasn't as good for St. Canis's. Uh they lost two nil to Castlebar. But to be one of the only Kilkenny teams left now in it, there must be a real kind of going, right, we can do something in this competition now. Yeah, like absolutely. Like I I played in this competition before with um Evergreen and got to the final of it a couple of years ago. Yeah. And that was a huge achievement in junior football in Kilkenny. And I think having that experience and playing in the competition, I just, I, I genuinely do feel there's a huge opening there. And I think if you're prepared right, you're organised, you have ability obviously on top of that. I think you can go really far in these competitions, but a lot of it does come down to belief and hard work. And to be honest, with what we have going on out there at the minute, we have it all. And we don't want to get ahead of ourselves by any means, but it's just really positive at the minute. And when you've seen the draw then, you're going up against Crumlin. It's another away tie for yourself. So you're not bringing them back to your great uh, pitch that you have. It's tremendous facilities that you have out there. But you're having another away draw now up against the Dublin team as well, who historically have done very well in these competitions. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, like I think I think the one thing we kind of had to accept when you're at this stage in the competition is you're going to be meeting good teams. Um no matter no matter where you are or where you go, whether you're at home or away, it's going to be difficult. Obviously, Crumlin are renowned for their football and a massive club in Dublin. But we'll do our homework. We'll um we'll be prepared, no doubt. Um, and we'll give it a good go. Um, we're confident. To be honest with you, any team we've met this season, um, we've been very confident. Um, and it's just that thing again that I 
I kind of touch on you. You have to have that belief going into these games. Like some people look at us on paper, maybe not necessarily on paper, but look at us as a as a club and say, oh, Bridge United and you know, outside Kilkenny or even inside Kilkenny the last couple of years and they might fancy themselves. Um mm. but we're trying to change that whole mentality and especially since the start of this season, we've put in a lot of hard work bringing in players, the right kind of players, doing things off the field, doing things on the field. Just um just an all round kind of collective thing. Um we've brought in a new manager, been excellent with the players. Um so like we're we're confident, you know, like and even to answer that question about Crumlin, like we don't all due respect to them, we we don't fear them. Yeah. And that's, and that's a great thing to have, to have that confidence going in and being able to go, we can put it up against anybody. Because when we spoke with the new Kilkenyan District League chairman, Rob Higton, absolute gentleman, really nice fella, and I think under his stewardship that Kilkenyan District League will grow, and especially the committee members who, there was a committee uh, meeting last Thursday night. But one thing that came away from my meeting with Rob and my meeting, with, or the meeting in uh, the Kilkenyan District League, was that they feel that Kilkenny soccer isn't where... It could be that the standard has maybe dropped, whether that's because we don't have a League of Ireland team anymore. We know CK United are really kind of pushing for that as well. But whatever that may be, you coming back from the League of Ireland when you were playing with Wexford, how have you found that transition and the standard of football in general? Like, to be honest, I, I, I think the standard in Kilkenny is, is very good. Um, I think it's probably overlooked sometimes. Like, you go through the Premier Division, even the first division in Kilkenny. Um, you can go down through the leagues. It's there's there's good players playing with every club, um, no matter no matter where you go. Um the transition obviously like there's there's different things that come into it, pitches and you're um you have to kinda of get used to that side of it. But to be honest, I, I I really I really think the level of football in Kilkenny is really strong and to have even two clubs gone this far in the FAI is brilliant. Um, and hopefully, you know, we have other clubs in Leinster Junior and, you know, they're, they're consistently there every year. Um, so I, I sometimes do think it's, it's a bit harsh, to be honest, you know, because I'm currently playing and I see, I see the ability that, that's there. Yeah, and we we mentioned someone said like Mikey Drennan as well is scoring a hat trick there uh, down in Cork in the in the last round, and and Decky McCullen indeed getting a scholarship over in the US, and you have players like that littered throughout, even even throughout the divisions. It has to be said as well. Uh, maybe there can be something to do with with the amount of teams and the amount of divisions that they have, but overall, I I. I always tend to enjoy a game when I get to see it and of course my own team Castle Warren I get to enjoy those clashes as well so it'll be really interesting to see how we can progress and speaking of progress one of the teams that didn't progress out of the three Kilkenny teams was St. Canis's, but they're someone that you're going to be drawing up with very very soon despite being in different leagues because you both have a Pat Marshall semi-final to look forward to Yeah it's um, something that we've been really looking forward to to be honest with you um it was expected to be played a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Obviously, with the conditions and the committee and stuff, there was just different reasons why it didn't go ahead. Um, but they're they're really establishing themselves as a, as a good club uh, in Kilkenny, and I think hats off to them because they're they seem to be doing things right. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but looking from the outside, 
they, they seem to be doing things right. And to be honest with you, when you're trying to challenge the bigger clubs in K, like your Evergreen and Freebooters, it's 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 all about off the field things that you can get right as well as on the thing on the field things. And you know, that's what like St. Canis's I'd imagine are doing, you know, Thomas Down have done the last couple of years. Like of ourselves now, you know, that's that's our aim that was mainly started this year, is that to bring that kind of consistency. Um and I think I, I really do think for us, we've brought back a couple of players and we do plan on the one or two that are elsewhere. We do plan on getting them back, <laughs> and I do, I do, I do think um, if we can do that, we we'll just go further and further up the ladder. And and in the league itself as well. Speaking of going further up the ladder, you've played a lot less games than most of the teams within the in the division. That would be because of your participation, I'd imagine, in the outside cup competitions as well. But still, plenty of time to be able to make your way back up that table. Currently, one victory from three. So, what's what's the plans in in terms of the league? When you look at something like the cup competitions, they're one game things, and anybody can win on the day. But in in the league itself, it's it's is it to stop that dominance of Evergreen or someone even? Say the, the big three in the likes of Thomastown, Freebooters and Evergreen? Yeah, like I, I think being honest, um, I think that, that has to be the goal. I, I personally as a player and I'm captain of the lads and us as a group um, and some of the lads that are in, in the squad, we're an ambitious group, a young 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 team and as a team, we we are looking at nothing but success and I, I genuinely think that has to be the mentality. Some people are happy enough finishing mid-table or surviving or trying to get up from the divisions and competing. But I think going forward is is to try is to try hit that kind of that top spot. Uh, I, uh, I suppose if that's the, what you want to say, um, your Evergreens and Booters and Thomastowns, it you have to bring consistency. Um, if you don't have consistency, you won't do it. But look. There's no point in us being in the last 32 of the FAI if um if if we're not doing well domestically and that's what like I suppose we've we had a tough start of the season with Evergreen Booters and Thomastown. I don't want to make excuses, but probably came a little bit too soon for us. We're really starting to find our our feet now. Um, so look, fingers crossed. Um, we can kind of continue with how we're going, but um, yeah, that has to be the aim. It has to be to to be successful. Well, we're looking forward to following the journey as well. And the last time me and you spoke, Connor, it was after that uh, you you had just left Wexford. You've returned home and you decided to step away from the League of Ireland to look after yourself, really. You were quite open and honest and we really appreciate getting to speak about it because it's a problem that so many people suffer with in terms of their mental health. It, just in general, a year and a half later, are you feeling more comfortable in yourself now? Look, it's um, to, to be honest with you, I still have my days. I still struggle. Um, it's something that I remember somebody saying to me, you might have suffered for 10 years. It's not going to be fixed in one. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm in a better place. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I'm happy back playing football locally. Um, so, in an overall picture, I suppose, yeah, I'm doing better. But look, just for people out there, I suppose it's it's, it's one of them things that for people to understand that it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight and it's um it's difficult, especially this time of the year on people. Um so it's it's just to keep that in mind. You know, um I think 
some people probably see me back on the football pitch and probably see me, you know, out and about and doing things that I wasn't doing maybe a year and a half ago. And, you know, they're, they're probably thinking, oh, he's flying again. But look, it's, 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 not, it's not what it looks sometimes, you know. And I think that's important for people to understand for everybody, you know, that does suffer or has suffered. Yeah, it's not it's not a quick fix, but like you're you're so open and honest with it that hopefully it it, it goes to help people um who are even listening and just knowing that you know it's it's not an easy fix. It's something that takes time, but it, uh, hopefully eventually the, those kind of feelings subside. But thank you for being so open and honest with us. We wish you nothing but the best with Bridge United as well. We're going to be shouting along and following your journey in the FAI Cup just to see what's going out there. Of course, Bridge is just amazing to see the facilities. It was great getting to play on it when you had the B team now as well. Um, I, I'm a few divisions down below you now, Connor, at this stage. But uh, uh, thanks very much for taking the time, sir. I really appreciate. It. No problem at all, Shane. Any time. Thanks for having me. Absolute gentlemen. That's Connor English from Bridge United, the captain of Bridge United. They're in the last 32 of the FAI Cup going up against Crumlin very, very soon. We'll keep you updated as those games come. There's lots more still to come here on Scoreline. We still have tickets to give away, so don't go anywhere. Delighted to be joined in studio now by Oshin Long from Southeast Skate School. Oshin, how are you doing, sir? Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for having me. Oshin, as the name suggests, is skating, but it's skateboarding. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we know that the building of the skate park has really happened to bring out a lot of skaters in Kilkenny that, that maybe haven't been seen for the past 20 odd years that it has it definitely has there was there was a period there where we were we were a bit worried it was dying out but as soon as the construction started they were coming out of the woodwork man it was it was actually really great to see and it's great now to get to see that there's an actual business that has stemmed from that as well yeah. so you're in charge of the Southeast Skate School mm-hmm. which is helping young people or maybe even advanced people yep. just improve on their skating can you tell us a bit about it? yeah so uh basically i'm i'm more like a personal trainer than i am at school yeah. so i work I, i'll work in with individuals i can work with groups if if that's wanted like you know but uh mostly it's individuals and i just i focus on taking away bad habits man like uh, with kids before it starts it's easier but uh i'll work with older people to take away any any issues that they've developed over the years because we all do it you know we, we we fall into into our lazy patterns as humans we we tend to be like that but uh I, that's why i'm here you know every other sport has their their coach so I suppose th- this is time for skating to have their coach. Brilliant, and it's kind of yeah. Uh, it's really interesting, like you said, you're trying to un unteach mm-hmm. uh, bad patterns yeah. as well, because that's something. Especially because there was nothing really around for the twenty years yeah. when skating. I remember in my youth was huge. You'd see people down at Renacini's, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of ollieing off the steps or in different various different places in car parks. They yeah, had yeah. no place to go. But in that twenty years, then maybe they were traveling to different places. But it was all self-taught, which is a lot mm-hmm. of what skating is. So trying to unteach people as opposed to someone coming in with a complete blank canvas must be mm. a bit difficult. Yeah, yeah. So it does. Obviously, the the extra challenge in in making people understand that despite the fact that it might be working for them, it's not working as well as it can be. Like you know, and working with older people, that is the biggest part of the job. Really, is just like breaking them down to bare bones again and building them back up like you know because as opposed to breaking bones as opposed (laughs) to breaking bones see that's what I'm trying to avoid like you know I've done a list of injuries myself I don't want it happening to everybody else like you know but I just focus on that stuff like uh, like shoulder position hip position it's very similar
similar to like gymnastics in a way you know like always being set in your center of gravity it, we're just on wheels which is a bit more dangerous like, and going you know, down ramps and yeah. stuff speaking of the skate park in itself as well mm-hmm. uh, I often passed the new bridge I was the guy that hung around with the skaters yeah, yeah. that was never able to skate so that's I'd, okay I'd hop on the board and they'd laugh at me falling or anything and like well, that well Southeast Skate School I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying bro. but uh, walking past say the, the skate park when you go over the new bridge mm-hmm. you'll hear people skating underneath there's incredible numbers that have after coming out with the woodwork yeah. and in terms of a business perspective how have you been able to translate that over into a, the business that you currently operate so uh it was kind of slow at the start i suppose most things are kind of slow naturally at the start. during the pandemic yeah, as well yeah, exactly it was it wasn't the most ideal time to be starting something like this because nobody wanted to actually be out and around like there was for the start of it it was more kind of just tick like tips and tricks that I like kids would come over to me and just be like hey Oshin how do I do this or how do I do this and that's what really like sparked the idea of starting a, a skate school and becoming a coach like cuz I seen there was so many coming out and so many that just didn't fully understand what they were doing cuz they they'd never really seen it before like you know like like you were saying about the boys at Ranichinis I was one of them them boys and there wasn't the biggest group of us like you know back then it was still a very unseen thing and I think because of that kids now they need they need somebody that's already made the mistakes like you know and that's kind of the position I'm hoping to fill is just the the man who made the mistake (laughs) (laughs) we we, we talk about the 20 years ago and obviously it was in the time where skating was really at a forefront of Mm -hmm. of of all types of media of course you have the the MTV hit show of Jackass Champion Pro Skaters then you had the video games Tony Hawk Pro Skater was an absolute phenom um, of of, of video games at the time as Mm -hmm. well and still is with the remastered version how have you found it say the the media perception now of skating has it somewhat kind of died down as to when it was at its highest or is it making a resurgence are you starting to see more sponsorship coming in are you starting to see more people even wearing Mm. vans around yeah yeah well as far as the vans go definitely but (laughs) (laughs) but uh i think i think in general across the world because it's been a bigger thing across the world than it has in ireland i think as far as social media is concerned it's kind of at a a static standpoint right now like where it, it, it hit a peak and it's just staying there but as far as Ireland is concerned there's been a huge huge influx of skating on social media and people from around around the country like to shout out a few of the boys just Cavan Concrete Surfing is is a, a great page there on Instagram there's uh, Longford Skate Distro and like we, we would all be in contact with each other through, through social media sharing clips and trying to get each other's like word out there like you know so I think even like from young to old across the board like it's it's really taken a huge jump in the last year to two years here in Ireland like so many so many new faces you'll see you'll see the different skate parks that are being built as well mm-hmm. say down in Waterford yeah. down in the, the, the beautiful park that I think it's the People's Park that yeah, they yeah, have the, the, have the park. Skate, skate park down there Tremor mm-hmm. you'll always anybody that goes to the beach there's always a lot of skaters or yeah. people on scooters or rollerblades yeah. as well so there is a big community and the community like brings about like just the recreational use of it is yeah. there a competitive kind of nature in Ireland at the moment to an extent yes so a lot like anything really competitive is kind of being done by us like uh, like with some of the lads that I was just talking about there self-starters yeah we, we kind of run it ourselves like you know and it'll be a, a competition here a competition there and we'll all we'll all travel sometimes to Cavan sometimes to Longford sometimes they'll come down here it happens in Waterford and stuff you know but there's no real like 
designated organization that is is pushing competitive skateboarding in Ireland right now like which might might be an opportunity in itself like yeah certainly yeah especially for different businesses that are mm. are looking to get involved in, in something like that um in, in terms of uh, like we know for so long that there was this fight, even when I was younger, 20 years ago, to get a skate park. Yeah. And it was always that Wayne World adage of, if you build it, they yeah, will yeah. come. And we've had a, a gentleman called Paul Cummins on quite a bit, who would be involved in Kilkenny Storm, the hockey team within yeah. Kilkenny. And they don't, and their need for a multi purpose facility. And he always uses the skate park as an example of going, it's it, it came too late. And now that you have it, look at the people that are using it. it, it it's a huge yeah. credit to the, the council. Uh, can you attest to that? Like the the amount of people that are using it, can you can attest to it that it has created this community, helped stave away some bad habits that people might have been mm-hmm. involved with and had something to focus themselves on? I can I can one hundred percent attest to that. Like through my through my own experience, I know to an extent skating saved my life and kept me out of a, a lot of situations I could have been in that wouldn't have been so healthy for for a lifestyle of any human being. Well, and like to see all the kids down there now, see that they're they're kids that are interested in music. Maybe their their hair is a little different. They're like they would be considered outcasts in normal social structures and schools and stuff as as we all know like you know like not only Kilkenny but Ireland is a very big hurling country and skateboarding isn't hurling like you know but like it's 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 a very different thing and I think these kids need somewhere they can go that they can feel like they fit in and that they're supported and they have friends and that's that's one of the biggest things I'm trying to push is the actual community vibe of skateboarding because it's always just been inclusiveness and love and everybody's welcome kind of a thing like you know there's never there's never a bad vibe and while we can be competitive with each other and want to learn new stuff and and feed off of each other it never goes to an actual aggressive or, or point of point of view for competitiveness if that makes sense like you know yeah uh, like it, well, I've delved into something similar in terms of music with mm-hmm. Inkle Kenny with the zoo documentary the zoo was an old rock nightclub yeah. in Inkle Kenny that was a home to a lot of people that were into that alternative side of stuff and into music and how it helped create a lot of people who are still involved in the arts and creative industry yeah. today whether it be in music or film or, or, or even creating t-shirts or poster design that different kind of stuff mm. so having that really helps mould someone from a young age especially then on an individual basis because skating can be quite individual yeah. in terms of your own creativity what you're thinking up and what you can do it, it can really help mould a mind for helping them get involved in something in the future that they're interested in. 100%, 100%. I know, like, in in my own regard, like, as you've said, the creative... Sorry, the creativity of skating. It really... Anybody is kind of doing their own thing at any point in time. Like, you know, while, while we might do similar tricks to each other, they're kind of done your way like you know it never really looks the same twice so like you always have that kind of i'm doing this for me kind of a vibe and you get that reward from it because you have to put put in the work even even me being a coach there's only so much i can do to actually like give you the information or or demonstrate in in how the trick is done before it has to be your willpower that takes over and makes you want to actually do it like you know 
Well, it's really interesting, Oshin. Where can people follow along if they want to get involved even? Or I know a lot of people, it's quite daunting to stand mm-hmm. on a skateboard for the very first time. You're, you're going to need pads, you're going to need helmets, you're going to need the safety part of it as well. But just to actually stand, I would be very scared standing on a skateboard <laughs> because I have very broken up over the years of doing various different sports. But people want to be involved if they want to go down and just maybe watch or watch along or anything. How can they get in touch? So my email address is southeastskateschool at gmail com or alternatively you can get me on Instagram at Southeast Skate School and you can hit me up there at any point in time I'll get back to you and some great action shots as well and, and videos of what, what you're doing down there Oshin we wish you nothing but the best going forward we'll I be following that. along the journey as well um, Paul Mann has done a very good a skate video years ago about 20 years ago just type Paul Mahan scoreline in and it'll come up yeah. and it's just amazing to see all the old faces that you might have noticed at Renacini's if yeah, you're walking yeah. through Kilkenny but hopefully we'll have something like that and it sounds like we're having something like that already a renaissance for skating in Kilkenny Oshin thanks ever so much you're very welcome thanks for having me we're going to take a quick ad break there and when we come back I'll be reading out some of your uh, cure messages some of them giving me an old chuckle and a bit more Christmas music on the way. Don't go anywhere. Stick around on Scoreline. What a phenomenal night of action it was in Kilkenny Ground Stadium last night. Two cracking competitions in front of a very busy crowd and of course extra prize money for all races in the month of December with an initiative of €150,000 being distributed throughout all races across each and every track in the country fantastic to see and well deserving so last night we had the Mickey O'Sullivan Memorial Novice first round three cracking heats in this one and it got off underway to an absolute flyer walking on sunshine owned and trained by Con Guiney coming in in 28.55 a tremendous run at a price of 2 to 5 certainly well fancied by the punters in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night the Mickey O'Sullivan Memorial Round one, he too went to Zacconi Apollo in a time of 29.30 for owner-trainer Niall Foley. Very tidy performance here indeed. Coming away smartly from the traps and staying in front. And last but not least, the third heat was won by Mysterious Mason in a time of 29.17 for owner-trainer Jack Walsh. Very decent performance here at a price of 6-4, winning by four and a half lengths very decisive victory and we march on to the Mickey O'Sullivan Memorial novice unraced round two next week it's a cracking competition and perhaps the 28.55 run in the first heat sets this tone from walking on sunshine so we're looking forward to a cracking round two next Friday night in Kilkenny Track we also had the fundraising nights at Kilkenny Track a three semi-finals last night and really nice competitive action here. Kilgraney Leo took the first semi-final for owners Thomas Buggy and Colin Dempsey and of course trained by Thomas Buggy, a very shrewd trainer indeed, coming in at a time of 29.14 by half a length to Ascot Binney. Millroad Bulger was back in third and those three progressed through to the final of fundraising nights at Kilkenny Jack A3 competition next Friday night. The second semi-final was won by Hello Speedy. Very decent performance here owned by the Starbar Syndicate and trained by Brian Ellard. 29 seconds o'clock, two lengths back to Vickers Hill Boy and here comes Smog back in third and those three progressing through to the final next Friday night. So next Friday night in Kilkenny, put the date in the diary, some fantastic action to look forward to the fundraising nights at Kilkenny A3 final. 
and also the second round of the Mickey O'Sullivan Memorial Novice Unrace. Cracking action to look forward to in the course. Party nights in greyhound tracks across the country. Really, really exciting times. Down in Limerick tonight, we have the semi-finals of the Matchbook Betting Exchange Irish St. Ledger. €30,000 to the winner of this one. And Matchbook Betting Exchange being retained as sponsor again this year. It's tremendous to see massive prize money and local interest here in the form of Trinity Junior for Mooncoin trainer Peter Cronin. He runs from Trap 3 in the first semi-final. Has deadly early pace, finished second last week, has tremendous runs to his credit, having won in Shelburne Park in 28-11 and 28-23 in the past. Fantastic round and best of luck to Trinity Junior and Mooncoin trainer Peter Crone and his son Mikey and all the team. It's a cracking race, cracking semi-final, that one with the likes of Mustang Jet for Dolores Ruth and Bobsleigh Dream for Pat Buckley in the orange jacket. A very interesting affair indeed. The second semi-final is a cracking one with English Greyhound Derby winner Romeo Magico in trap two for Graham Holland. Ballymac Wispa who finishes like a train running in trap four for the Dowling family and Anna Bailey for Rachel Wheeler in Tipperary. It's a cracking, cracking race and we are really looking forward to that. You can catch the action on Barking Buzz app if you go on to Greyhound Racing Ireland website. You will follow the link to the Barking Buzz app and you can catch the action on that. The first semi-final takes place at 21 minutes to 10. Make sure you tune in on the Barking Buzz app. Elsewhere down in Shelburne Park tonight. Cracking action up there as well. We have the 2022 IGOBF National Puppy Final. A price one of €20,000 here in this one. And local interest in the final in the form of a boiled sports pick trained by Paul Hennessy. Put in a cracking run, having faced some traffic last week in his 7-4 joint favourite. With up the style for the Dobbs family and trainer Robert Gleeson, who won last week in 28-39. Cracking run indeed, it's a fantastic lineup, And of course, this puppy steak produces the cream of the crop. The Greyhounds who are competitive in all big sweepstakes as time goes on. And it's a really interesting encounter. 7-4 joint favourite for our local runners, Boyle Sports Week. Trained by Paul Hennessy and of course up to style for the Dubs family. And best of luck to all involved there. It's going to be a cracking one. And 27 minutes past nine is the time of the final of that one. And it's a cracking encounter. Also, the rest of the card in Shelburne Park is a fantastic lineup as well. Some really, really nice open class running to look forward to there. And best of luck to all our local runners across the country this weekend. that's been scoreline extra thanks for listening in if you happen to want to listen to the show live it's on kclr from two to six every saturday and sunday i've been shane o'keefe remember stay safe stay sane and your sound out <laughs>